Well, welcome everybody to week number two of this three-part series that we're calling Frequency. So glad you're with us. And as always, let me look into the camera and give a huge shout out to everybody who's joining with us right now online, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, or online campus. And also a massive shout out to our East Campus. We love you guys. We're so glad that you're along for the ride. One church, two locations. I'm so excited for all that God is doing around here these days. Um, and if this is your first week ever hanging out, or maybe you missed last week and um, you haven't been following um, our Instagram, social media, all that, let me just quickly remind you, we are in the middle. This is day number eight of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Um, this is when we turn off the world around us and we focus on God. We kind of dedicate the new year to the Lord. This is our fourth time as a church doing this. And hundreds of you are joining with us each day um, for this journey. And if you haven't already, go on our website, onelifeaz.church slash 21 days. All of the things are there. We have a prayer journal, a resource guide for you, a place where you can fill out prayer requests. Maybe you have some certain and specific needs that you're asking God for in this season. Uh, we wanna pray with you. So go online, fill all of that out. And then also there's a link to our YouTube channel that will have all of our prayer services. So every morning we go live at 6 a.m. Monday through Friday, YouTube, Facebook, our online campus. And the reason why I have it here because a 6 a.m. doesn't work well for you. You can go um, on our YouTube, on our Facebook, and you can stream that at any time. And here's what we're asking. Um, 21 minutes for 21 days. Disconnect from the world um, and connect with God. And I promise you, God will meet you in powerful, in powerful ways. We're already hearing stories of answered prayer, um, uh, breakthroughs that are happening, and we want you to be a part of this. So, and let me just kind of be a pastor for a moment and just real, real quick encourage you. Because maybe you haven't started yet and you're wondering, should I even do this? Like I've already missed the first week. My, don't let that be a reason why you don't start. Um, start today. Uh, we have 14 days left in this journey. Um, I want you to be a part of it. And in fact, I'll just kind of, I dare you. I, I dare you to try it. Um, just try it for a week. And I know that God will have, will speak to you. And we're gonna talk about that today. He will speak to you. And I know that it will make an incredible difference in your life, in your family, and then together as a church. It's gonna be amazing to see what God, what God does. Okay, if you haven't already, get those sermon notes out. Um, this is again, week number two. Uh, frequency, cutting through the noise. And here's kind of our theme verse. We gave it to you last week. Uh, just to kind of set the conversation. This is Jesus. He's talking, John chapter 10. Often Jesus would speak in metaphors and, and just um, analogies and beautiful language. And in, in this passage, he considers himself the shepherd and we are the sheep. And here's what he says. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. And that's really important because we have a speaking God. God doesn't have a speaking problem. We have a hearing problem. And he calls his own sheep by name. Now, I love that so much because what that means is God's just not speaking to the church. God is speaking to you individually. So right where you are today, he, he is speaking to you. He can speak to you. And if you let him, even in this hour, these next 30 minutes, 
God can speak directly to you and in your situation. He, he, he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. Talked about that last week, love that. And his sheep follow him. Why do they follow him? Well, because they know his voice. They're, they're listening, they're attuned to what he's saying. The next verse says, but they will never follow a stranger or our language from last week. They'll, they'll never follow a competing voice. In fact, they're gonna run away from all those voices because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And the goal of this series is that we would cut through all the noise and we would hear with frequency the voice of God in our life. And that's a really important thing because there is some teaching in the body of Christ, and maybe you've heard of this, where the teaching would say, oh, God no longer speaks to us. We, we have... We have the Bible, we have God's holy word, that's it, God's done speaking to us. Now next week, I'm gonna talk about a lot of these different um, issues. And so this week is gonna be probably the most personal message in this series. And then next week, I'm gonna give you the filter, the filter of how can you distinguish? How do you know if it is God's voice or if it's another voice or if it's the bad pizza? How do we know if it's God's voice or not? So we are gonna talk about the Bible is one of the best ways to hear God speak, but I also believe that God speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. Those promptings, those nudges, we serve a speaking God. He's not done talking to us. In fact, I'm not the only one who thinks this. Dallas Willard, who's a great theologian, he writes, if God doesn't speak today, the greatest disservice that we can ever do to people is to tell them that they could have a personal relationship with God. And you know, one of the great things I love about our God um, is that he's not far away. He's not this distant God. No, no, he's up close. He is, he is personal. In fact, we just got through the Christmas season and we talked a lot about that. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us, that because of Jesus and through Jesus, we can have a personal relationship with our heavenly father. And it's not far and it's not distant. No, he is right here with us. We serve a speaking God and he's talking to us today. So today in the time we have left, I wanna talk about the, the why. So why does God speak to us? And then I wanna give you the how, really practical today of how. How does he speak or what does, it, what does it look like? And so even if you have never taken notes here at One Life Church before, um, trust me, today's the day you wanna take some notes. Um, and let's look at the, the why. Why does God speak? And, and there's so many, but I've narrowed it down to three reasons. And here's the, here's the first one. Here's why God speaks. Um, God speaks to cultivate friendship. And I, I use the word cultivate because uh, it's kind of like a garden. Uh, friendships don't just happen like overnight. I mean, sometimes they do. You have that stepbrothers moment, right? Where you look at each other and you think, oh my goodness, did we just become best friends? Most of the time, deep lasting friendships, it, it takes time. It, it cultivates. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but we have a God in heaven who, who wants a deep personal friendship with you. We know this is found throughout the Bible. In fact, Exodus chapter 33, Moses, the Lord would speak, this is their relationship, would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. 
We're told later in the New Testament that he considers us the friends of God. He speaks to us to have a personal relationship, to cultivate this, this friendship. You know, I, I've heard over the last couple of weeks as we're kind of going into this, this season, this journey together, some people have been really honest. They've emailed or they've, you know, messaged me and they've said, hey, pastor, um, I, I think this is a great thing, but I gotta be completely honest with you. Um, I, I'm not sure I can do this. I'm not sure I can pray. And most of the time, people that would say that, the reason why they struggle, it's simply because of maybe your background. Maybe you grew up in a really traditional church, um, a liturgical church, and when it comes to prayer, um, your mind immediately goes to like a pastor with a robe or a three-piece suit on, right? And, and when they would pray, they would change their voice and they would sound very spiritual and they would begin to use all of like, it's like a King James version prayer, right? All the V's, the vows, the, hey, newsflash, God is not from England, <laughs> Um, you don't need to use all of that fancy language. By the way, he's not even impressed with that. In fact, he actually talks to the Pharisees about all that craziness. That when you come to God, you, you don't need to sound smart. You don't need to sound spiritual. You, you know what God wants? He, he wants you to talk to him like you talk to a friend. I don't know if you ever thought about that. That you can approach this God in heaven and you can talk to him as if he was right next to you. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, we were at dinner and I looked at our youngest, her name is Gabby. And I said, hey, Gabby, uh, why don't you pray for dinner tonight? And, and I know she's like older brothers and sisters and maybe a little nervous. And she goes, daddy, I don't know if I want to because I don't know what to say. And I looked at her and I said, baby girl, just talk to God the same way that you would talk to me. And she prayed one of the most sincere, like just innocent, pure prayers. And it wasn't anything fancy, but it was from her heart, right? To God, she was talking to him like she was talking, like she was talking to me. And I'm telling you, once you understand that's the relationship that God wants with you, it changes even how you hear from him. He speaks to us to cultivate, to cultivate a friend, a friendship. He considers you a friend. Here's the second reason why God speaks to us. And God speaks to us to give guidance. He speaks to give guidance, direction, leadership in our life. Now, this is, this is a really important part. I, I don't wanna just move through this pretty fast. And, and there is a tension. There's a tension when it, when it comes to this. Because oftentimes when God speaks to give us guidance, he's speaking to us, listen to me, he's speaking and guiding us away from certain things. And most of the time that he gives us guidance, humanly speaking, we're not going to like the guidance that he gives us because if we knew the danger that was ahead, we probably wouldn't be going in that direction anyway. So when God speaks to us and guides us and leads us and even brings some correction into our life, most of the time, we don't like it. It's this moment of like, hey, don't go there. I know you're going in that direction, but you shouldn't. There's danger ahead. Warning, 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 warning. Listen, I love this. I gave this verse to you last, last week. Listen to God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. 
He guides us, he leads us. You know, one of the, the difficult things of being a pastor is oftentimes we'll walk some of the darkest and most difficult um, seasons with different people um, in, in their life. And by far, one of the most difficult is when you walk with a couple, um, a husband and a wife through the loss of one of their children. And maybe it's a young child or maybe it's even a grown child. Either way, it's not easy and it's very, very difficult. And there's this verse of scripture that I often will give. It's found in Isaiah 57. And the text says that oftentimes, like good people pass before their time or humanly speaking, before we think it's their time. When the text continues and says, because God is keeping them from the evil that is to come. Our God speaks to us, he guides us, he, he leads us. And we understand that sovereignty that he is not a domineering God, but he's a God who loves you and he is bringing protection into your, into your life. Why does he speak to us? He speaks to guide us, to keep us from the danger that we can't see. And here's the third thing, not only to guide us, but God speaks to provide perspective. God speaks to us to provide perspective, meaning there's some things that are happening that we need his perspective on. Let, 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 me, let me teach this for, for a moment. Let, let me say it this way. Not everything that we see with our eyes is actually what is happening. There is more happening than what we're able to see with our own eyes. I love this verse, 2 Corinthians. Paul says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. That faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not, what is it? Not seen. That what we see in the physical is not always what's happening. There are different dimensions. There's a natural realm, but there is a supernatural. There is an eternal realm that we can't see with our natural eyes. And I believe with all my heart that God wants to reveal the supernatural to you. And he does that in prayer. He, that's what he's speaking to us. In fact, one of the prayer, prayers that I pray every day for myself is God, help me to see what's really going on. Not just with what I experience or what I'm hearing with my ears. Help me to really see what's going on. Give me your eyes in this situation. Maybe it's with my family. Maybe it's with issues here in the in the church, maybe it's even issues that I'm seeing on the news. God, help me to see what's really going, really going on. Maybe write this to the side of your notes is that we need to put listening to God ahead of looking, ahead of looking. We need to put listening ahead of, ahead of looking. A couple of years ago, the Wisconsin Badgers were playing football at their home stadium there in Madison, Wisconsin, and they were losing terribly. I think they were playing the University of Michigan, to be completely honest with you. I mean, just being badly beaten. People in the crowd were cheering at certain times during the game as if the Wisconsin Badgers were winning. Come to find out, the Milwaukee Brewers were playing a very important game, consequential, whether they're going to make the playoffs or not. And many people in the stands had their earbuds in and they were listening to the Milwaukee Brewers. When they would throw a strikeout, they would cheer. When they would score a run, they would cheer. 
What they were seeing on the field was defeat, but what they were hearing in their ears was victory. Now that's good preaching. I don't care what you say. Here's the, here, here's the principle. Oftentimes followers of Jesus, what we see in the world around us is always defeat. And we have blocked the voice of God. But what if we attuned our ears to what he actually was saying? And it's not defeat, what we're seeing, but what we're actually experiencing is victory. In fact, several years ago, 2020, I completely just turned off the news. I don't know if many of you can relate to that. I don't care what aisle you fall politically, whether it's Fox News or CNN or whatever. I just turned it all off. And here's the reason why. All the news stations, all they wanna do is tell you how bad the other side is and they wanna keep you in fear, keep you locked into their programming. Turn it all off. And I heard clearly in 2020, the Lord say, what seems like defeat, what seems like tragedy all around us, no, no, this isn't happening to you, this is happening for you. That 2020, 2021, whatever, this is not a setback, but this is a setup for the church to serve at its finest hour. And I believe that with all of my heart, that what we may see defeat, but really when you understand you attune to God, what we're experiencing is victory. There's a season that's happening right now. We need to stop looking all around us getting on social media and listening to every news person, every conspiracy that comes our way, turn it off, disconnect from the world so you can hear what God is saying. There is a victory that's available for you. It's speaking to us. He wants you to have a proper perspective. Things are happening more than what you even realize. That's why he speaks, he speaks personally. But there's the reason of how. So how, if that's why God speaks, and well, how does he do it? You know, th this week in study, there was probably 12 different ways um, in which God has spoken in the scriptures. So how, he speaks this, and it, it could be a mighty rushing water, claps of thunder, a burning bush. He speaks through prophets and he speaks through Pastors, those are how he speaks, but there's one way that are, it's just this constant theme throughout the scriptures and a constant theme throughout church history. And I'm gonna spend all of my time giving you these four reasons of, of how God, or what does it look like? And it comes under one kind of paradigm here. And write this to the side. And this is how God speaks. And he speaks to us in, in, in whispers. God is speaking. Again, God does not have a speaking problem. We have a hearing problem. And we expect the mighty rushing wind. We expect the earthquakes and the handwriting in, in the sky. I'm telling you, most of the time, God speaks to us in, in whispers. The reason why we don't hear is because we have so many things competing for our attention we're moving so fast. Our RPMs are all the way up at 3,000 and we need to bring it down to five so we can hear the whisper, the whisper of God. In scriptures, in 1 Kings chapter 18, there's a great story. You probably heard many, if you've been around church for a while, you've probably heard some great sermons on Elijah and the prophets of Baal. And after this amazing victory for Elijah, I don't have time to teach that, after this amazing victory with the prophets of Baal, Elijah in chapter 19 actually goes into a wave of depression. He's hurting. 
doesn't know if he should live or not. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, God shows up to Elijah and check this out. The Lord said, hey, Elijah, go out and stand on the mountain. Again, Elijah's dealing with some depression. In the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. I'm about to do something. Then as soon as that happened, a great and powerful wind, listen to this, tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. I mean, how cool would that have been to experience that? This massive windstorm, mountains crumbling all around Elijah. And look what it says, but the Lord was not in the wind. He didn't talk to Elijah in the wind. The next scenario, after the wind, there was an earthquake. And you would think God is definitely talking in the earthquake, but the Lord, he wasn't in the earthquake either. He wasn't talking to Elijah in that. Then there was this fire, but the Lord again, wasn't talking to Elijah in the fire. Well, if it wasn't in the wind and it wasn't in the earthquake and it wasn't in the fire, how did God talk to Elijah? Here you right. And after the fire came, here it is, ready? Say this with me, both locations. After the fire came, a gentle whisper. It's a gentle whisper. I'm telling you, in some translations here, we'll say it's a still small voice. You probably have heard that. The still small voice of God is still talking to us today. Well, what does he whisper? What does that even look like? Here are four things, write these in your notes. Here's how we know this is from God. Number one is he whispers encouragement. He whispers encouragement. And I actually think that God is doing this all day long, like all day long. I mean, when we're discouraged and we're even have those moments of depression and anxiety and worry, and maybe even those moments when the enemy, the devil comes to discourage and steal our joy, I also believe at the same exact time, we have the Holy Spirit of God that is whispering words of encouragement to us in every area of our life. In fact, Romans chapter eight in the New Living Translation says the Holy Spirit speaks to us, um, speaks to us deep in our hearts. And what does he encourage us with? He tells us that we are God's children. You're his son, you're his daughter, He's for you. He's not against you. He has great plans and a great purpose for, for your life. You're a son, you're his daughter, you're his, you're his children. And this is how he encourages us. Isaiah tells us that pay attention, come close, listen carefully. What, listen carefully to what? Here it is, the life-giving, life-nourishing words. Encouragement. I'm asking, or I'm making a lasting covenant commitment with you, the same that I made with David. Sure, solid, Enduring love. It's words of encouragement. You know, my nine-year-old boy, Grayson, right before Christmas, we were out running a couple errands and I'm not sure how this conversation started, but he's just having a vulnerable moment with me and he, he looks at me and he goes, hey, hey, daddy. Well, actually, he doesn't call me daddy anymore. He's like, hey, dad, um, is there anything that I could do that would ever like keep me from being your son. And I looked at him and I said, oh, bub, like nothing. I, I don't care what you do, where you go. 
Like there is nothing that would keep me from being your daddy. I would go to the ends of the earth. I will chase you down. Like you're always gonna be my son. That don't matter. He goes, I guess, well, daddy, what if I, and he's trying to think of like all the bad things in his life. He's like, daddy, well, what if I, what if I lie? I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm still your daddy. I'll chase you down. What if I, what if I steal? Doesn't matter. I'm still your daddy. I chase you down. What if I like uh, punch my sister? I'm like, well, don't do that, but I would still love you. Like I would chase you down. And then he looks at me and goes, daddy, what if I played football for Ohio State University? And I looked at him and I said, bub, there's the line. You've crossed it too far gone. Like we're not, no, of course not. No matter what you do, decision you make, I am your dad. You are always my son. I am your biggest cheerleader. I will be cheering you on from the stands. Regardless of where you go, I will hunt you down. I'm always gonna be your dad. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but we have a heavenly father who feels the same way about you. That no matter what you've done or no matter what's been done to you, no matter what decision you've made, you have this heavenly father who loves you. He's not mad at you today and he's for you. And he has literally gone to the ends of the earth. He sent his only son to pay a price on a cross for your sin and my sin, a price that we could never pay. Why? So we could be in right relationship with him. He has already paid the price and today he is speaking words of love and encouragement over you. In fact, here's what I think he's actually whispering to each and every one of us. He is whispering, hey, you're my child. You're my son, you're my daughter. And I don't just feel love for you. I made a decision in advance before you were ever on this earth. I made a decision in advance to love you with everything. You're just not my child and I just don't love you, but I'm, I'm proud of you. And for some of you, that may trip you up a little bit because you may think, how in the world could God love me? All the mistakes I've made, hey, listen to me. God is way more concerned in who you are becoming than what you've done. And he sees all of your potential. And he's proud of you today. He is, he is whispering words of encouragement over you. Stop listening to the voice of the enemy who's telling you're not good enough, that you're not worthy. I'm telling you today, you are. It's the whispers of encouragement. They're always there. Here's the second way in which he whispers, uh, and he whispers warnings. He does, he, he whispers warnings. This is really important because we may be going in a certain direction, heading there with all of our might and he may be calling you like, hey, oh, 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 stop, 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 stop. There's a phrase that churches, like pastors and church people use. And if you're brand new around faith, you probably never heard this, but you will stick around long enough and you're gonna hear it. And it's not a biblical phrase, like right from the Bible, but, um, but the principle is there. It, it, it's, this, it's this phrase, People will say, hey, uh, I, have a, I, I, grew, I went to a Bible college in the South, so I heard this all the time. I'm a little over it. Um, they would say, hey, I, I have a check in my spirit. <laughs> Anybody heard that <laughs> before? Like, there's just, there's a check. 
I go in this direction and maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Like there's a, there's a check. I, I'm dating this boy or dating this girl, but uh, there's, a, there's a check. I'm in this relationship, but there's a check. I think I'm gonna make this decision about this career, but there's a, there's a check. That's a biblical thing. This happened even with some of the great leaders of the early church. They were, ready for this, by the Holy Spirit, there was a check. There was a check in their spirit. They were forbidden um, to go preach the word in Asia. And you would think, well, why would they be forbidden to preach the word in Asia? Isn't that a good thing? Yeah, but what they didn't know is that people in Asia wanted to kill them. So the Holy Spirit was warning them. There's a check in the spirit. I don't know if I go there. After they came to Messiah, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the spirit, here it is. There's another check. The spirit did not permit them. There's a check, there's warning lights. Don't do that, don't go, ah, don't you dare, don't go there, don't send that email. For me, you know, being a pastor, so many incredible joys, I love it. Um, can't see myself doing anything else. But what's true about being a pastor, and, and I know it's not true about anybody in this church because you all are amazing. Um, but what is true is you do live in a glass bubble. Everybody thinks they know what you're doing, watches everything that you do, um, tells you, you know, or, or reminds you of certain decisions that you've made. They judge the cars you drive, the house you live in, the clothes that you wear. I mean, it's, it is par for the course of being a, a lead pastor. I know nobody here judges or does anything like that, but I mean, it's, it's a thing, right? It's just, it's just kind of a, it's a thing that happens. Social media, though, is probably the, the clearest place where people just think that they can say whatever they want to to you without any ramifications. And a couple of weeks ago, Amanda asked me, and I, I'm not big into this, but she's like, Jared, would you do a dance with me and the kids and for my social media, for the gym and all, all this stuff? I'm like, okay, sure. It's, it's Christmas break. Let's, let's, let's do it. And most of the comments were really positive, but then there's just a couple they don't know me, they don't attend our church, I don't know them, but they just feel like they can say certain things on social media. And I don't know why, but there was this one comment that just got under my skin and I just decided, here, here, it is my turn. My turn to fight back a little bit. I get my phone out and I am 70 characters into 140 character response, right? I'm just gonna tell them what, and I, in the middle of this, right before I hit send, I hear the Lord go, whoop, time out, check. There was a check in my spirit, everybody. And it literally heard the, the, the Lord say, don't do it, don't go there, don't argue with the fool, it's not worth it. So can I just tell you something? I'm so thankful for the mute button on Instagram and Facebook and you can mute anybody and they don't even know that they've been muted by you. It's, it keeps all of the haters at bay. I don't know what it is, but when it comes to these things, I, I constantly hear the Lord say, don't you dare, don't do it. Whoop, there's a check, it's not worth it. Don't fight. No matter what area of life you're in, when you're attuned to the Holy Spirit, he will give you warning. Don't do it. Don't go there. It's not worth it. Don't head in that direction. Don't, don't, don't you dare date that, that boy. Don't you dare have that relationship with that girl. Don't do it. I, I, I feel like he's whispering, hey, that dating relationship, that, that, that flirting on text message with that married person, I know you haven't crossed the line yet. He'll, he'll warn you. He'll, he'll tell some of you, hey, in that secret, you don't think it's hurting anybody, but everybody knows anyway. It's time you get 
clean. Like get open with it so you can eventually find freedom. You need to end that secret. Some of you, he's gonna tell you, hey, get the help you need. Like today, like call the counselor, get into that small group, remove the mask, find some friends. Get real with who you are, like get the help you need. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, he whispers warnings. He whispers warnings. I love what Isaiah says in chapter 30. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you. Warning, flashing. This is the way. Don't go that way. Walk in this way. Warnings. Here's number three. I need to hurry. He's in a whisper direction. He's in a whisper direction. Some of you, 2023 is gonna be a life-altering year. You're gonna make some of the most important decisions of your entire life. Maybe this is about dating, marriage, job, retirement. So many of you are gonna make an important decision and you're wondering, well, is God gonna give me direction in this? And he absolutely will give you direction. Here's the secret though, is you have to involve him in the process. Some of you are so good at the pros and the cons and having it all figured out and color-coded and charted. And in your head, you have it all figured out, but you've forgotten to bring God into the equation. He will give you direction. Again, back to Acts. These great leaders of the early church, they were compelled. You know what that word compelled means? It just means they had clear direction from God. God told them what to do compelled by the spirit. I'm going to Jerusalem. I don't even know what's going to happen to me there. There's some uncertainty, but I still feel this clear, clear direction. I'm telling you, church, God will speak to you. In fact, he whispers these things all the time. Like he may whisper, slow down. You're going too fast. You're doing too much. It's time to eliminate some things in your life. He may tell you, stop being lazy. Stop waiting. Stop trying to have everything perfect. Like, do it now. Go now. Like, now's the time. Or he may tell you, and this is just personally for the church, he may say, hey, you've been waiting long enough. It's time for you to finally take a next step. You've been in the same position for long enough. Now it's time for you to do something else. Take the next step. I'm telling you, God will speak to you. He will give you direct. He, he whispers it to you. And here's the last one, which is my favorite. God whispers in dreams. He whispers in, in visions. Now, I, I can say this with confidence, that if it wasn't for the 21 days of prayer and fasting in 2017, I would not be the lead pastor here at One Life Church. It was January 2017, probably day 14 or 15, when Amanda and I both received a clear word from the Lord that this was the year that we were gonna leave our current position in Indianapolis and we were gonna begin exploring what God had for us next. Not knowing the future, but we both sensed God is giving us a fresh vision for something, for something new. In fact, God speaks again and again, Job tells us. He speaks in dreams and in visions of the night. Now, I gotta be honest with you. I'm not sure exactly what that means. I've never really had a vision of the night. In fact, most of the dreams that I have at night are me chasing really bad people, right? And waking up in a sweat. <laughs> That's literally some of the dreams that I have. You're, you're welcome. A little glimpse into my sick brain. Um, I'm not, so I'm not sure what, what that means, but I do know that God speaks over and over again in, in dreams and visions. He gives you 
windows into the future, what he's calling you, calling you into. There's so much I'm not really sure about this, but, but here's what I do know. I'm certain of this. And this is my humble opinion, but I believe that we are right now living in the end times. Um, my humble opinion, I don't know if there's anything else that needs to happen and how I understand scripture. Um, globally speaking, I'm not sure that anything else needs to happen um, in order for Jesus to return. I think he could come back right now. So I, I believe that we are living in the end times, in the last days. And Acts chapter two actually tells us that, that in the last days, God says, I will pour my spirit on all people. Well, well, what does that look like? Well, he continues, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men are gonna dream some dreams. You, you know what that means? It means that in the last days, like God's gonna pour his spirit out and he is going to give assignments, visions, and dreams for us to be effective in the world in which we are living. Like he's gonna give us visions that are not just for ourselves, but for the benefit of other people to build his kingdom, to see his kingdom come to this, to this earth. He's gonna pour out his spirit so we can receive visions and dreams. I believe this with all of my heart that God is whispering to all of us right now in this season, in the last days for all of us to go all in. Like stop playing this game. Stop putting one foot in and one foot out. Like, no, go all in. Everything that he asks you to do, do it. Hold nothing back from him. And, and not just give God like the leftovers. No, give God the best. The best of you. So much is required. Old men, like this isn't time to relax. This is the time that you're gonna have dreams. Give God the best and make a difference. This is what this church is based around. We wanna help you know God, find a friend, discover purpose. Why? So you can make a difference with your life. You can live a life that's beyond yourself, making an impact in the world, in the world around you. And, and that's my prayer for all of us. In this 21 days of prayer and fasting is that we would hear God specifically speak to us. Not even for our own benefit. Yes, I hope your prayers are answered and I hope you receive breakthroughs in, in your family but my prayer is that God would speak to you individually so you'd be able to make a difference in the life of other people. And as we close our time, I'm gonna ask you just to do two things. Knowing that God is speaking and he's speaking in a whisper, our response to him is, God, speak to me. I'm, I'm open to hear. Like whatever you have for me, I'm open to it. And that may shift some of our theological like constructs. God, whatever that looks like, wherever you would send me, whatever you would tell me to do, whatever that would look like for my kids, I'm, I'm open for it. What that means is God, in advance, I say yes. I hold nothing back. It's the voice of, speak to me, Lord. Your servant is listening. And we know this, that when he speaks to us, here's the last point, I'm eager to respond. That's a really dangerous prayer. Speak to me, Lord. Well, he will. 
he will speak to you. And he may ask you to do some things that scare you to death. There is no better way to live life. In fact, next week, I'm gonna walk through even more of our story, Amanda and my story, of how we ended up here at One Life Church. And the fear, but I'm telling you, when you say, God, I'm, I'm open, and I'm eager to respond, there's no greater joy you'll ever experience in your life. And that's what I want for you. We serve a speaking God. Are you eager to respond? Well, right where you are, all over the room, East Campus, online, I invite you to bow your heads, to close your eyes, turn off every distraction. God is speaking to us right now in this moment. And some of you today, maybe you've walked in the room and you would just say, man, you know, I know God has been speaking to me, but I've been kind of holding him at a distance. And what he's asking me to do, I'm not really sure I want to do that. And, and maybe right now in this moment, we just, we just say we're sorry. In fact, God, all of us have moments where we've turned up the world's volume and turned you down. And we're sorry for that. We turn from it. We ask you to forgive us. But Lord, we know that you speak to us because you love us and you have a good plan for us and you're speaking words of encouragement. Yes, words of warning. You're guiding us, you're directing us. And Lord, ultimately you're giving us vision and dreams. So Lord, right now together, that's our response is we're open. We're open for it. We say yes right now. We're eager to respond. We hold nothing back. So in the quietness of this moment, God, I pray that you would speak clarity over marriages, over dating relationships, over job decisions, finances. Lord, speak right now. We are listening. Thank you for what you're doing in this moment. You know, with your heads bowed and your eyes still closed, some of you today are in the room and you're far from God. You know you are. And you would just be honest enough to say, I've been going my own way. I've been keeping God at a distance. But today I just need to respond to his love. Maybe you've never heard a message like this that God loves you and not mad at you and has a great plan and purpose for your life. I'm telling you, you are one sincere moment away from beginning a real relationship with God. And some of you today in the quietness of this moment, that's exactly what you need to do. We're not gonna make you come down front. We're not gonna make you give a speech. And it's never about joining this church. It's simply, we just wanna pray for you. And maybe you'd say, Pastor, that's me. Today, I need to begin a real relationship with God. Come on, right where you are. You, 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 and you know who you are. Right there in your seat, pray this prayer. Put it in your own words. Mean it in your heart. Say, today, God, I am sorry. I, I'm sorry for going my own way. 
I'm sorry for keeping you at a distance. But today, as simply as I know how, I give my life to you. Tell them that. I respond to your love, your forgiveness, your grace. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for going to the ends of the earth for me. Today, I give you my life. I hold nothing back. Come, live inside of me, change me. Make me the person you long for me to be. Now, Holy Spirit, I thank you for every person who's praying that prayer at this campus, our East Campus, online. Some today are praying that prayer for the very first time. Others, it might be a prayer of rededication, recommitment, but Lord, you know right where they are. And we just say thank you. Thank you for saving people this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.